0: Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi,
1: I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
2: It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Ravel.
3: Lee's looking to take the next step.
1: It's been a good season so far. Um, it's been very consistent and, uh, you know, heaps of top tens.
3: Perth's new pits are ready and v supercars talk about the transmission error.
4: Single single uh, piece of equipment that was used in that uh, in that weekend is being reviewed, checked, triple checked.
3: We preview Barbagello today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders.
2: This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes.
3: Last week, we spoke about the transmission problem that caused the telecast at the end of the Hamilton race to be dropped out and then re-shown once it was all sorted. This week, Cole Hitchcock from V8 Supercars was able to tell us at the V8 Insiders what V8 Supercars is doing to ensure that this will not happen again.
4: Every single... uh... You know, a uh, piece of equipment that was that was used in that uh, in that weekend that's supplied by a third party company um, is being reviewed, checked, triple checked, and uh, cross referenced to make sure that uh, that you know those sorts of things don't happen again. Um, I guess one positive out of it is that um, we can tell the, the fans in Australia that now they know it is absolutely live and as it happens. So um, that was uh, that was one thing that uh, I guess we can draw a positive from. Um, you know. It's one of those things and it does happen from time to time it's probably the only malfunction that's happened um certainly in my time at v8 supercars to that degree where we've lost transmission so if you look at it over the, the longer part of time um it wasn't uh you know it, it wasn't good at the time but um it, it it was on the back of a very very strong track record and getting live pictures out of anywhere is is not easy and i think uh, the fans appreciate that. Um, You know, one piece of equipment um, failed uh, temporarily. Uh, It was fixed immediately. Uh, The the, the, the sad part about it was it 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 come at the conclusion of what was an incredible race.
3: We have more from Cole about the end of the Hamilton race, the end of Hamilton and the return of Eastern Creek on this week's White Flag lap. Lethal Lee Holdsworth has shown some great consistency this year. He's currently fifth in the points, but is looking to kick it up a gear in the Irwin Tools Falcon this weekend at Perth
1: getting closer to the top fives every round. So, uh, you know, Perth, I just want to take the next step and really concentrate on qualifying well and um, and I think the results will come.
3: Holsworth is looking forward to the track changes at Barbagello, which has seen a new pit complex open right in time for this weekend's event.
1: The new uh, pit entry and exit is uh, going to make a little bit of difference. You know, I think when a car exits pit lane, they can actually go side by side with the guy that's on track as they exit. So... Probably that sequence of corners, three or four corners, where you'll be able to go side by side. So that'll make it interesting for everyone.
3: Of course, this three-race format, which will see a mixture of qualifying sessions, soft and hard tyres, is something that Nidalee realises he'll have to be at the top of his game for.
1: First session's going to be on hard tyres, the second session on soft tyres. So some cars handle better on, on softs than, than hard. so it might mix up the field a little bit. Race engineer Brad Wissushan
3: fully aware of the importance of starting near the front for all races on the tricky short track. Jonathan Webb will run some colour on his car this weekend, but unfortunately for the Techno team, it is only for charity. Tour a to Cure raises funds for cancer research, support and prevention. With many V8 supercar drivers, avid cyclists and participate in the Tour, Webb is pleased to be able to raise further awareness for the cause. With the V8 Supercars' media rights currently being negotiated, the V8 Supercars has welcomed the decision of the federal court to deem Optus' TV Now system to breach the copyright laws. This effectively gives individual sporting bodies the ability to restrict their internet arrangements. The court ruling has now deemed that off-site recording of programs via a cloud system is not what the copyright laws were intended to allow. If Optus decides not to appeal the decision, it could set Australia's adoption of new technologies backwards many years, particularly with the arrival of the NBN. Cole Hitchcock has told the VAD insiders that they will be working with the ARDC to ensure that the program of events for the reach scheduled ninth round of the championship is one that Sydney Sydneysiders will enjoy.
4: Oh look, we'll work hand in hand. Um, you know, under Glenn Matthews and and you know, in recent years the ARDC has been um, you know very very strongly managed, and we've got a lot of regard for for the ARDC. The facility clearly has had a lot of money spent on it, which was one of one of our issues when we left.
3: The Dunlop Series will not be at Eastern Creek. They will keep the Winton Round, which is now the penultimate one of their championship. Scott Pye this weekend is hoping that his recent testing in his 888 race engineering car will give him the advantage as he hopes to improve the 6th place finish at the season opener in Adelaide. FPR is naturally feeling confident about heading to the west. Last outing they had a clean sweep both cars on the podium. And they're looking to continue that on. The last time FPR had a Queen's sleep was back in Perth in 2008. Davison now has a 21-point series lead after his win in Hamilton. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders after the break. Gary O'Brien and Lachlan Mansell will join me to look at the Trading Post Challenge when we return on the V8 Insiders.
2: News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.
1: Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week
3: from Auto Action, it's Gary O'Brien. Good evening, Gary. Hi, oh, Craig. Hi, Uh, Craig. How is everyone? uh, Very well, thanks, as I'm sure. Lachlan Mansell, the voice of Winton Motor Raceway, also on the line. And, uh, Lockie. uh, of course, we've got to start with the big news. A summer or spring race for Winton Motor Raceway. I am sure everyone out there at Winton is particularly happy. And I would say the most happy people with that news are the guys that camp at the circuit.
0: Yeah, well, we're certainly very happy at Winton because being at that time of the year, the weather's going to be a lot warmer and a lot more pleasant for camping. So we're... Hopeful and very confident that Winton Camping City will be very full this year. And, of course, it's now the penultimate round of the V8 Supercar Championship as well. So we'll have a good time by that stage of the year where the championship's headed and who the contenders are going to be. Mm.
3: And, of course, Gary, it's an interesting track for both the Dunlop Series and the main game to be uh, having their second last round.
5: Yeah, it is, and it, tight, it really tightens up the the Dunlop Series one, as you can imagine. They had a fair bit of a break before they went to Homebush, but now not so, because um, that's the second last round before they go there. Um, good for Eastern Creek, too, uh, another venue in Sydney, so all the uh, V8-starved uh, Sydney fans can get out and uh, see another round.
3: And it'll be critical, won't it, that that Eastern Creek round goes well? They'll have... Uh, ex- well they'll have the potential they haven't announced yet that they'll be running on the extended circuit they've got two pit lane facilities now so whoever's the support's going to be treated like royalty and uh, if going by the pre-season test there where the of course it was free to get in they were able to get a huge crowd there for that Gary hopefully they'll uh, be able to score a winner with uh, of course the Muscle Car Masters the very next weekend
5: yeah, um yeah, all those things you're saying are correct and uh of course the uh pre season one was last year, this year they had it at Sandown. And um being a week before the Masters there's gonna be all the pundits uh will, well some will double up, some officials will double up I guess, but uh the critics will be the ones that'll be out for blood, I guess, when they'll be sort of comparing the two events. But in my opinion the demographic's different. Um I'm sure the ones that go out on Father's Day aren't the same sort of supporters that um would regularly attend a V8 supercar round. Mm.
3: Now, I, I know, Lockie, that you can't make any big announcements here on V8 Insiders, but just like Eastern Creek, Winton has got a, a big event, a big club event, the Winton 300 on the weekend after the new date, and obviously that gives you opportunities as circuit promoters to uh, do some ticket packages and, and do some things in and around the region that might make it attractive for people to uh, come to two races rather than just the one.
0: That's right, and as you say, I'm not in the position where I'm allowed to make any announcements or grand plans just yet, but what I can say is that we are hopeful that some of the publicity and exposure for the V8 supercars will also rub off on the Winton 300, which is the weekend before, and uh, the sister event to the Winton 300, which was the Wakefield 300 held back in March, was an awesome race. We had a huge field of almost 40 cars, and uh, it was a really exciting race. So hopefully we get just as many, if not more, cars for the Winton 300, and hopefully with the V8 Supercars being the weekend after, we can attract a good spectator audience for that event as well.
3: Mm. Now, of course, before we get on to the preview of this weekend's round, which, of course, is the Trading Post Challenge over there in Perth, I have to say, the Optus Now... Uh, court case, the federal uh, court has ruled that the cloud recording set up by Optus is a breach of copyright. That has huge ramifications, one for supercars who are negotiating their uh, media rights, Gary, but it also does, as you're in a a digital world as well as an analogue world for publishing, it does really set back... Australia's copyright laws immensely. And uh, it, it, it is just amazing that they have brought in this rule when technology is going ahead leaps and bounds in this area.
5: Well, uh, that that uh, ruling was on appeal too. It wasn't the original ruling. The, the original rule, ruling went with Optus. It was only on appeal that it was turned around. And, um, yeah, you're right. But, I mean, you've got to protect your, your industry a little bit and protect your uh, your your property, and I think that's what they're looking at. And it not only affects motor racing, it affects uh, NRL, AFL, and any sorts of sports as well. So keep keeps the price up, I suppose, if, if nothing else.
3: But the the thing is, it virtually makes even a Foxtel IQ recording illegal if you do it over the internet.
5: Uh, yeah, but how are they going to police that?
3: <laughs> but it's just one of those things that technology is outstripped the copyright law. Remember that the copyright law that came in in 2006, Lockie, was to cover off people using VCRs. That's how long it took them—26 years or something—to get the copyright law written just to cover a VCR. Now we've got a court taking us backwards, not forwards.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if I agree with you on that, Craig, and I I do agree with the point that Gary made. I think that it is important that the online rights to V8 supercars are worth something to ensure that the quality of the online V8 supercar broadcast is adequate and up to standard. I mean, you know, it costs money to produce those sorts of broadcasts. And uh, you know, from a commercial standpoint, if the people who are doing those online broadcasts don't have the exclusive rights to it, then you know, how do they justify putting together the package and you know, putting in place all the infrastructure that they need to make it happen?
3: But this is the argument, Gary, that they're only rebroadcasting the television; they're not actually doing a special internet broadcast where extra features are available thereby optus with their record now system wouldn't be offering anything better they'd only be offering just what was on tv
5: yeah but my understanding is that as lucky said you know that there's costs going into producing these programs and why? And, I mean, that, this takes it back to a visual, original video copywriting. My understanding of that regulation, and I'm not right over the top of it, is that uh, you were free to record programs, you just couldn't display them publicly. And this, this sort of reflects that, doesn't it?
3: Mm, well, it is a very technical aspect, and I guess uh, I, I'm the one that's really passionate about it because I think it is a completely backward step possibly because of my uh, background and uh, possibly because I'm watching an NBN coming in where content delivery over the internet is going to be crucial. But I do take... Well, you... I will
0: say, though, Craig, is that you're the one who has the disclaimer on the V8 Insiders every week that um, every any publication or broadcast without the express written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. <laughs> We're going
3: to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. It's Perth, and we preview it after the break controversy corner is next
2: when we return with more on the v8 insiders find out more about your favorite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the v8 insiders you've taken the v8 to the races you watch the action on tv now read about them in v8x magazine v8x magazine dedicated to just one thing
4: Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
3: Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. It seems like forever here in the studio that uh, that ad break went for. But it's Gary O'Brien from Auto Action and Lachlan Mansell from uh, Winton Motor Raceway. And, uh, of course, the series across to Perth. We've got the Dunlop series and the main game both over there. And looking through the record books, you'd have to wonder if this clean sweep of FPRs is going to continue, although FPR clean-sweeped Hamilton with two different winners on two different days. Gee, isn't Barbagello the circuit? When you get onto a roll, you just never stop. Like, Craig Lowndes at one stage, I think, won nine races in a row. Radisich won three in a row, and then Mark Winterbottom, that was the last time in 2008, I mentioned in the news, that uh, someone had a clean sweep at Gello, But before that, Garth Tander did it. Uh, it's it's a really a track, Gary, that uh, when you're on your game, you can really make uh, every post a winner.
5: Yeah, and it's surprising that um, it changes from year to year as well because everyone knows how abrasive it is and getting your um, head around the tyres is your biggest problem. You look at last year and uh, Jason Bright was so strong there as was um, uh, Jamie Wincup. And the FPR cars were nowhere. They just couldn't get a grip on the place at all. So it'll be interesting to see all the new um, developments they've been making with the FPR cars. Will it transfer to um, a, such a different circuit as uh, Barber mm.
3: What's your thoughts, lucky
0: Yeah, well, I think this is going to be maybe a bit more of a test for FPR than the last few events in the V8 Supercar Championship because... As you mentioned, they didn't go particularly well there last year, and the abrasive surface and the fact that it's going to be a combination of the soft and the hard compound tyres over the weekend will really test their strategy and uh, their ability to set the cars up to look after their tyres.
3: Mm. Of course, again, this round has an unfathomable qualifying system. Well I guess on Saturday Lockheed you can understand it. They qualify and then they race. But on Sunday, two qualifying sessions, you've got to use different tires in each, but you've got to use both tires in the race on Sunday. And it's a sprint race and they're having tire changes and fuel stops.
0: Well that yeah, is like <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's almost as if they like to keep changing the system just to confuse everybody a little bit more. Um I mean, at least they got rid of that system last year where it was the fastest and the second fastest times in the Sunday qualifying session that were used to determine the grid positions for the two races. And now this year, as I understand it, there's actually going to be... Um, one qualifying session for each race. So there'll be three different qualifying sessions over the course of the weekend, and in one of the qualifying sessions, you have to use soft tyres, and in, in another one, you have to use hard tyres. So um, I, I wonder how sometimes the average trackside spectator can manage to get their head around it, because it just seems, as I said, they keep changing things um, for the sake of confusion rather than necessarily entertainment.
3: Mm, Gary?
5: Yeah, I agree with you to a certain point, and uh, I mean, it's it's not um, unfathomable that um, having pit stops in, in races does uh, confuse people anyway, because you're not sure where everyone is when, uh, you know, people, some, some pit early, some pit late, and what have you, you know, so you've got that as well. But it is three sprint races, which is... Um, something um that was really good last year and i was fortunate enough that i went there last year and uh, there was some good racing i I got um all sorts of positive vibes about this being a great round
3: mm. well last year of course it was brad jones's racing's first ever top step on the podium their first ever win jason bright of course provided that and then went on to winton to uh, back that up but uh, i guess this year you'd be wondering, will it be Fabian Coulthard? Because he's certainly been the uh, hot runner in that outfit, Lockie.
0: He has, actually. And, in fact, it's almost a bit surprising that he's come into Brad Jones Racing and comprehensively outperformed Jason Bright as much as he has this year, considering that Jason Bright's already been at the team for a couple of years. Um, And, you know, it's Fabian moving to a new team after driving with Walkinshaw Racing. So... To be perfectly honest, the Brad Jones cars haven't looked anywhere near as competitive as they did at this time last year. Fabian Coulthard's been consistent, but not glidingly quick, and Jason Bright's really been struggling. So I really don't see them repeating their successes last
5: year.
3: They'll mm. be hoping that one thing doesn't repeat, and that is uh, what happened to Carl Rindler off the start, Gary. Nah,
5: certainly not. Uh, you know, they got two ducks out of the three last year. Last year and then just unfortunately the third one uh, uh, was a bit of a disaster where it got ploughed into by Steve Owen off the line and that massive fire and very scary at the time and you could almost feel the heat down in the media box from when it all
3: went up. Mm. The critical thing though, Gary, a lot of money's been spent since we were there last year with brand new pit facilities and I I guess the Western Australian Sporting Car Club is going to be on a little bit of tender hooks just to make sure everything goes well because they weren't able to get that first practice meeting in, if you like, or club meeting in, if you like, uh, to just road test all the components.
5: Yeah, you're right there. And uh, the, only, the little thing that I had a concern about, and uh, I mean, I haven't seen, I've seen the pictures and the and walk over into the pits, but um, what the spectators on the original pit side of the track will see after turn one, because that pit complex would obscure a fair bit of view as they run up that bit of a hill towards the left-hander.
3: Mm, of course, Lockie, uh, the the changes all the drivers are being very positive about. And it begs the question, if we've got the pit lane we need, how come we've got a sprint race format?
0: Um, yeah, well, I suppose that is a good question, isn't it? But one of the things that I'm interested in is how the, the pit lane being in the infield rather than on the outside of the track will actually affects the racing, because what we've seen in Barbagallo in the past is, remember when they used to turn right onto the main straight, there was a big curb on the outside where the pit entry was, and drivers would sometimes actually take a wider um, line through that corner and use that, that big curb and that runoff area at pit entry to get a better run onto the main straight. Well, now that that's gone, they won't be able to do that anywhere near as much, and also the prospect of seeing cars coming out of pit lane. They'll be on the inside for turn number one, so you could get some pretty exciting side-by-side battles down into that first corner with drivers exiting the pits. Mm.
3: It, it is going to be an interesting race. Does anyone want to try and tip a winner for us? <laughs>
5: that, that, that's a good one. Well, I've got, I've got um, a feeling that um, Bridie might come back with this one a bit Because they got form there last year And they, they really didn't show a lot of great form Before that event um, So I've got a funny feeling That Jones', Jones uh, cars might uh, be fairly strong over there But you know, on the way that the Fords are going Especially those factory ones out of Victoria It's pretty hard not to see them Being up the front as well
3: mm. Lachie?
5: I'm not as confident as Gary About Jason Bright I think that
0: Mark Wintermottom is probably my tip to win just because he got the race win at Hamilton, he's had good success at Barb Gallo in the past back in 2008, as you mentioned he took a clean sweep then and there's a bit of a psychological battle going on between Mark Winterbottom and Will Davison for supremacy at Ford Performance Racing as well, and I just think that Mark Winterbottom, he's been outperformed so far this year by Davison I think he'll want to bounce back, so I think that this could be the weekend where he dominates.
3: Mm. It is going to be an interesting weekend. I'm going to have to tip the FPR duo, and uh, perhaps we will see David Reynolds get his first race win as well. I'm not sure. It'll be an interesting weekend ahead. Lockie, thanks very much for your time joining us here on the V8 Insiders.
5: Always a pleasure.
3: Gary, thanks to you as well.
5: Thanks, Craig. We'll talk to you again shortly, hopefully.
3: Yes, we will do indeed. The white flag lap is up next here on The VAD Insiders. Cole Hitchcock talks about what happened at Hamilton and, of course, Eastern Creek returning to the calendar.
2: You've taken the v 8 of the races. you watch watched the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now.
6: Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
3: On this week's Life Flag Lab, we're joined by Cole Hitchcock from V8 Supercars and Cole... Uh, Having been on live radio for many years myself, I understand the challenge that's when something goes wrong. And I guess this is one of the things that everyone at Fair Supercars would be happy with, the way they rebounded and were able to get everything into the telecast before they did have to sign off at Hamilton.
4: Oh, absolutely. I I agree totally. And, um, you know, again, I think the fans um, and those watching on television understand the, the... the unbelievable magnitude of how these telecasts are, are put together—you you, know—we were in t- different time zones for a start. There were, you know, dozens, if not hundreds, of people on this side of Australia and on this side of the the, the Tasman, and hundreds on the other side of the Tasman responsible for putting these pictures out. It's a very, very large and and complex operation, and and uh, you know, you've been to an event, you would see the amount of. Cabling and, and technical equipment that, that is there. There is literally, uh, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of, of moving parts. Um, you know, so it is it, a very, very, um, you know, highly uh, efficient operation. And you know, to have one glitch in, in you know, sort of ten or fifteen years, um, sure, it was bad timing. I, I think it, it, it does also say a bit for the track record. And you know, as I said, we'll, we'll cross reference and triple check every single item of equipment and we'll um double and triple check all of our uh, our backup alternatives going forward mm.
6: now the hamilton crowd looked fantastic and uh, of course a last event is going to make sure everyone doesn't miss it but it, it is uh, it was good to see the the fans supporting the event so well there
4: oh it was it was uh, it was unbelievable you could tell particularly on the sunday morning being there um but there was a there was a lot of people in the house and um um, you know, there was an, a really, really great vibe to it. Um, I'm not necessarily sure that's all down to the last few parts of it are, but I think um, it was cracking weather. We've got to remember that uh, last year, particularly on the Saturday, the weather was absolutely appalling. And, you know, any event, um, you know, can often, um, you know, be a, a, a success or a resounding success based on those who walk up on the day, basically. Um, so, you know, it was, it was tremendous. It was a great farewell to Hamilton. I think Hamiltonians, um, if they hadn't already before, which a lot of them had, but will certainly be thinking now, yeah, well, why did we let this one go? Um, that was just a, a magnificent magnificent spectacle for the city uh, for new zealand and 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 uh, you know and for motorsport, it was just you know, a really, really well run, incredibly slick and uh, well presented race.
6: How soon do you need to get an event announced for New Zealand so that you can start building it? and start promoting it for next year?
4: Oh, first things first, we need to we need to put a calendar together, which will, you know, generally uh, we release that um, in and around the, the late September, October sort of period. Um, so in order to do that, in order to to put all the moving parts together with all of the other events and the things that we need to lock in for 2013, we, we're probably looking at about the end of July um, to, to get, uh, you know, something moving forward in New Zealand, um, otherwise we won't have anything more moving forward in, in New Zealand, it's it's fairly black and white
6: mm. Well Cole it's been an exciting uh, couple of weeks for V8 Supercars and of course the announcement of a second race in Sydney does now let you very much heavily focus on the Harbour City and the strategy going forward for how you can increase the Sydney supporter base.
4: Oh definitely Sydney's a, a very large market um, Eastern Creek has got some things to prove, um, and, and anyone, will, uh, anyone will, will acknowledge that, that uh, the last time we were there, I think only twenty eight thousand people uh, came to the event. Uh, you know, both, both uh, we believe, can sit very comfortably um, alongside each other. You know, the analogy um, has been made to, to a couple of areas here, and there's no you know, better analogy probably than here uh, in Queensland with the Yipswich event, which is very, very strong, it's got more of that motor sports style of event, and you know soon after that we're back on the Gold Coast, which is less than a, an hour's drive away, and it's it's a massive event with a with a completely different and uh, different identity and an identity of its own. So it is proven. and and uh, you know Sydney's a, a much larger centre than Brisbane, which is on the Gold Coast. So uh, you know there are there are um, you know great positives to being there twice. However. I think uh, no-one would uh, argue that the Sydney um, market is very fickle. Um, they're very choosy about what they do and what they don't do and very dependent on, on a number of other factors because being such a large city, there's so many other things to do. And um, You know, the Eastern Creek and uh, and um, the Sydney Telstra 500, I'm sure, will be similar to Ipswich and and um, and the Gold Coast Race where they, they will have a very similar feel. Uh, sorry, they will have very different feels. One will be... A, uh, you know, a permanent circuit, more a traditional heartland of motorsport, and the other one is a showcase of of a city and all the things that are great about street races.
6: Any consideration of adding an additional round to the Dunlop Series to run at Eastern Creek as support?
4: Oh, that's all. That's all being considered at the moment. Um, we've made the announcement that we will be there, uh, and then in the next week or two we'll um, we'll be rolling out formats and and um, what we'll do with the, the Dunlop Series in conjunction with the the the, uh, managers of that series and and the teams and so on and so forth. So um, watch this space.
6: It is an ARDC promoted event. So how much input do you get on the support categories?
4: Oh, look, we'll work hand in hand. Um, You know, under Glenn Matthews and, and, you know, in recent years, the ARDC has been, um, you know, very, very strongly managed. And we've got a lot of regard for, for the ARDC. The facility clearly has had a lot of money spent on it, which was one of, one of our issues when we left outside of you know the the, the you know the, the the inability as it would seem to draw draw a big crowd there, um, so you know we'll, we'll work with them and alongside them and and uh, you know put all those plans in place. It's it's in both of our interests uh, to make it a great success. Um, you know planning, we haven't got as long to plan as we have. With the other events as well, so um, I think year one will be very much. Um, you know, let's have a look at it, let see how it all how it all stacks up, and go from there.
3: My thanks to Cole Hitchcock, Gary O'Brien, and Lachlan Mansell. We'll be back at covering all the action from Perth next week. But as the checker flag waves over this edition of the V8 Insiders, until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now.
2: Join us next week for more V8 Insiders only on V8X.com.au.